0: Welcome to the Wanted podcast. My name is Blaine Dawes. I'm the co-founder at Wanted. And each week I will be interviewing technology leaders to find out exactly what is going on in today's marketplace. Good afternoon. Welcome to the Wanted podcast. This afternoon, I'm joined by Christine, who is head of customer success at Miro. Um, and it's been, uh, it's really good to have someone like this on the podcast, um, my first customer success leader. Um, so really, really pleased to have you, um, on the podcast, Christine.
1: Great. Thank you very much for having me, Blaine. It's a pleasure. Nice.
0: It's fine. And I really like Miro's, um, caption. I was looking dream design and build. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a, a great, a great, uh, catchphrase and um, very, very clever. So, um, Based on that, it'd be great to sort of jump into sort of, you you know, going back to your background and kind of how you got into customer success. And if you've been in it um, your whole entire career or you sort of fell into it, But it'd be great to understand kind of um, how how you got into the industry and a little bit about yourself because I'm sure the uh, CS community would love to hear more about it.
1: Yeah. So I would say I'm the perfect combination of I first fell into it, and then I spent all of my career into it, pretty much. Um, so I have been. I, I started off in media actually, uh, with with my okay. first job, uh, which which actually came out of someone that I met in university um, that was part of a media agency that was basically booking you know, media spaces for for big customers. Um, started off there, and but then very quickly after about probably my first three years um, there, I fell into customer success. So meaning I got a job offer. I actually got that job offer forward from someone else who, who wasn't interested in it, but who knew that I was looking around uh, from um, uh, a company called Bizarre Voice, uh, which was back then the, the main provider for ratings and reviews. Um, Right. Okay. Yeah. And, and I didn't quite know what customer success was, but I was kind of, well, I'm looking around anyway, so I'll, I'll give it a try. Um, They ended up hiring me and I actually ended up staying there for uh, six years in total at, at bizarre voice. And, Funny enough there, over these six years, I didn't only do customer success. That was sort of my first starting point. But I also ended up going into consulting as well as sales. I I did uh, new logo sales as well as expansion sales for a couple of years there. So I was able to, let's say, pretty much touch all of the client lifecycle more or less, uh, covering these three different functions. And then when I left uh, Bizarre Voice, I actually ended up uh, taking my first manager role. And interesting enough, I was also hired by someone who was a colleague uh, before then at, at Bazaar Voice, who um, had built his own startup in the meantime. And he actually wow. hired me to basically, because they were growing so much, uh, he hired me to build his whole um, post-sales organization, pretty much, which right. again covered um, several functions, including customer success, but also yeah. support as well as onboarding services. And I kind of ended up in that, I would say, post-sale, whatever function you're talking about, and yeah. usually at companies where I would build and own uh, these functions. Um, at Miro, I have kind of gone back to the roots now, uh, leading only customer success, um, mainly for the for the German-speaking markets, which is a very big region for us uh, globally. Um, and I think what sort of the, the most important bit for me and why I kept sort of doing customer success is very much around I love the strategic asset that customer success brings for yeah. SaaS companies so yeah. you know that that subscription based model where you have to make sure that customers, you understand what value means to the customer and then be able to to you know, enable them to a point where they can really um, realize that value for themselves, but yeah, then yeah, also yeah, be able to speak to the right people who are you know, really invested in that value and then basically prove it to them day in and day out so that, you know, I, I always say to my people, it needs to be to the point where they never want to leave us um, yeah. to, to then be able to also retain these customers.
0: Yeah, and it's really interesting. You touched on some, some really good points. Um, and obviously, you've been in customer success for some time, but you've been in the whole pre- and post-sales right. element of it in different roles. And um, that's quite a unique background, um, and I'm sure that's um, really good because it, it leads on to sort of my, my next question around sort of how, how how do you think the sector, the customer success sector, especially subscription-based models like, as we know, when COVID hit and the pandemic, software as a service really went up and people really needed to get online quickly with Teams and Zooms and stuff like that, which I understand that your platform is like a, a big whiteboard and it enables all of these these things to happen, so it brings everyone together. But how how, how do you think, like, um, I suppose probably pre- and post-pandemic, you know, things have changed in customer success um because you're you're in the forefront of it so it'd be great to hear your opinion on that
1: yeah i think um i think it very much depends on what space you're in obviously when it, when it comes to which, which solution you are driving customer success for i am not super sure if it has changed a lot because of the pandemic i think we're we are in general sort of on a road where I think two two main things are happening and that has been sort of a journey over the course of the last years where first of all I think we still need to understand how to scale properly mm. and then the other piece is how can we monetize customer success which is which is discussed very often so I think that the scaling piece is this is a tough one because obviously you always need to understand depending on what solution you're providing to the customer what's the level of detail and what's the level of one on one manual handholding that you need to give to a customer in order to again realize that value for themselves to become very sticky and and there are obviously different factors that play into that one is uh, what's what's the revenue that that customer is is bringing us uh, what what would we lose if they would leave uh our our offer at the same time probably what's still the white space how much can we still expand that customer and also um even if that customer is very healthy and we have basically sold everything to them that we could can they become something like a lighthouse account can they build best practices together with us and become kind of our our lighthouse account that we can then use for marketing purposes the other thing is You need to still be able, obviously you cannot add one additional customer success manager every sort of 20 to 25 accounts Mm. because that doesn't scale. So you need to understand, you need to understand that sweet spot of where can I bring in digital success, which is a massive thing now to understand, um, what are the types of clients that we probably don't need that human touch on? The way that I like to think about it is more, is probably less from a, what types of customer perspective, but more, how do we stack the different types of communication? Yeah. So I think that's something like a digital success layer and a marketing layer, or also a sort of one to many enablement layer, which is actually something that we do at Miro quite a lot with, with the Miro Academy where customers can basically enable themselves. They don't even need a human, right. they have all these resources. Um, just at a at a fingertip, really. That to me really needs to be the ground layer. That simply needs to be in place. Yeah. And then and then basically the manual customer success work, when it comes to really one on one communication with the customer, are basically the, the the spikes that the customer success manager add basically adds on top of that um, of that ground foundation.
0: Yeah, no, that and makes then, sense completely, and I think. Yeah. I think as well, look, you, t- you you made like some really really good points across that, um, and it'd be good to hear from someone like yourself. So, customer success in lots of different companies means lots of different things. Um, some are on a digital journey; other companies potentially aren't um, because maybe they're serv- servicing sort of SME market, not the enterprise market. Um, and um, we we'll sort of hear this conversation quite a lot on LinkedIn and stuff like that in terms of. Customer success within an organization, where do you think it aligns most closely with? Is it the marketing part? Is it the operations part? Or is it the sales part? Yeah. Because there's this crossover all the time. It would be great to hear your view on that.
1: Yeah, and that probably, again, is an answer of it depends. Um, yeah. For me personally, it aligns with sales. Yeah. I truly believe that customer success is um, – a function that owns uh, a certain type of revenue. Yeah. Both both from the retention perspective as well as from the expansion perspective. I yeah. truly believe that whatever you do in customer success will lead to either of those or both yeah. of these outcomes. Uh, so, and also I think the way that I always try to tell my customer success managers how to speak to clients is probably more sales driven, not from a commercial perspective, but from the consultative perspective. So again, yes. you want to understand what value means to a customer, and then you want to make that customer understand, I can help you get to the point, or I can help you get rid of that pain that you're currently feeling. Yeah, And that to me is a sales conversation, basically. Completely. I have, however, worked in in other companies, and these are probably more sort of uh, startup companies, where customer success was part of product where basically the way that the company was organized was based on the different product lines that they had internally and customer success would basically fall into these specific product lines, which especially when you're early days in the company, I think makes a lot of sense because you still need to give, get that feedback from customers. You still need to understand very deeply what they need in order to get to the value. But that's a different, I guess, type of, Maturity that a company would
0: be in. Yeah, completely. Because it's almost like customer success is like an orchestra um, within a business. So you know, you've you've got you've got all of your customer success managers, and you've got the product people, um, and then you've got the sales, and then you have the op- operational um, element as well. Um, and it's almost like there's different analogs that are resonating with different people, um, and obviously there's different challenges across all of those different things. Um, and I, I, I've, I've seen that quite a lot, you know, um, on LinkedIn and obviously with us working in the customer success. Remit, um, you, you see different, different um, organizations can, can be quite um, completely different. Like you said, it really does depend on, on the, on the company. Um, but certainly um, if you look at talent, um, a lot of talent have come from a background like yourself where, where, they've um done a sales role um but then they've moved more into like you said that consulting piece um with a customer and and taking them through that journey um what would be really good to hear is obviously ai is a is a huge thing right now um and we talk about uh, digital transformation um which you know uh, robots and different automations and stuff which everyone's using Um, including myself here. But um, how do you see AI impacting, um, for example, a customer success manager? Because a lot of uh, changes is happening right now, um, and I'm not sure how it impacts um, customer success um, specifically. Um, But certainly AI seems to be doing a lot of tasks that maybe um, a person used to do. Um, And now there's that automation and the customer can also do quite a lot on their shelves. What oh, are you there?
1: Oh,
0: ah, there you go. Yeah, perfect. Yeah, how, how do you see that AI part um, impacted, if, if any impact?
1: Yeah, I, th- I think it probably comes back to the start of the conversation where I, I truly believe that that ground layer can definitely be impacted by AI. Um, Also, just the general approach of more digital customer success where we need to get much better at, I think every company very early on has something like a health score for their customers, for example, where you put in different KPIs that can hopefully be as automatically tracked as possible, and then not having to manually look into every single customer to understand how well they're doing, are they really using all the features that they're supposed to be using, how often do they log in and so on, but basically... Uh, you know, technical help that helps you just have that at a fingertip. And I think I think the automated part for me comes in once you have a tool that helps you, that basically surfaces that most important information to you, where, again, you don't need to proactively look into this, but the tool basically tells you, that, listen, there is potential risk here. That customer hasn't logged on for, for a week now. There is that new feature that hasn't been used for that from that customer specifically yet. And then I think the AI part obviously then adds on top what's the type of information that then or the type of message that then needs to go to that type of customer, I believe. Yeah. Um I think that probably and and I mean I I do see it start to being used here and there, especially with regards to messaging, but also with regards to This is the type of information that I have now put that into either some type of messaging to the customer for me or to some type of presentation to the customer for me. And I think especially the last part, any customer success managers that is prepping for a quarterly business review or an executive business review will be very happy to have this (laughs) this type of presentation prep work off their table um, where, I mean, I mean, we're, we're currently building it in our own tool, basically, where you can you can prompt, you could give Miro a prompt, and yeah. Miro will start to build uh, a presentation for you. Wow! Uh, so, so that is very much how I see it moving forward, where there is, there is a, I think the the information needs to be again either automatically surfaced or will still need to be run by the customer success manager, but then. What needs to be done with that information, I think that's where the API, where that's that's where the AI can help a lot and also just take a lot of hours yes, completely. Like, away from people.
0: Yeah, yeah. I think uh, it's interesting because a lot of people look at AI as sort of like replacing, you know, us as people. Um, I think, you know, it's, it's the wrong way to look at it. Um, yeah, exactly how you described. I think it's it's all about embracing it. You know, if, if you use the right prompts, if you use the right keywords, um, then it can make your life a lot easier. But also, I think it's the whole journey, um, not just making it easier, but the actual client, um, you know, feels really valued because obviously there's been a lot of, uh, you know, preparation has, has gone on in the background to, to get them on that journey. Um, and everybody seems to be using AI now um, in some in some format. Um, so it's it's definitely I, I think it's a, it's certainly a great tool and uh, I'm I'm not going to complain I I love ChatGV too <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, same
1: so, so here. I think um I mean I think we're in a people's business, right? So I think that's where the AI probably won't be able to help a lot when when it comes to that you know Completely. building personal relationships and and even even having the tough conversations here and there and again understanding value but then also being able to, to understand who are the right people to talk to about it and how do I position it? Um, I think that is something that the AI can probably provide some information for, but it won't really be able to solve the people aspect.
0: Yeah, completely. Um, I completely agree. And in terms of, I suppose, you know the, the diversity in the customer success world, um, it's a massive thing. And obviously it's great uh, to see a female leader in customer success um, from a US-based business Obviously, setting something up in Germany is absolutely incredible. Um, what have you sort of um, observed in terms of diversity within the within the industry, and you know what changes would you like to see um, happen, if any?
1: So, I think in customer success, probably it's it's a little different. I we're almost too female heavy, as far as I'm concerned. Um it, it seems to be a more typical role for a t for a female, whereas on the sales side it is usually quite male heavy, where, where we don't see that that many females. Yeah. Um which I I I kind of guess it comes from the nature of the job. At the same time, I I mean we definitely have a, a lot of strong females uh within the mirror sales organization and also in the in the other companies that I work for, I think in SaaS in general, it has become much better. Yes, with, with I agree. With regards to how many females are there, um, I think for me personally, I, I always I always think of it from two from two angles. I think first of all, it is quite often the case. Also, also when it comes to um, not only hiring, but also, you know, um, doing a podcast, for example, yeah. or doing some type of presentation on a big stage. I think it is a combination of females are very often not the first ones to get suggested for yeah. certain uh, talking spots. At the same time, I do believe the other way around is just as, as right. When I say we very often don't ask for it. Yeah. Um, and, and I can personally say, that I have always tried to build um, my internal profile within the company as soon as I joined, as I can do speaker slots. I, I have always done, you know, I've always been sort of the the, the spokesperson within the companies that obviously entails work because yeah. you know, you need to build your talk track, you need to uh, hold yourself informed, you need to build those presentations and then you need to go out and actually do them. Um, at the same time, I I think I it was good for me always to always proactively say, listen, guys, I want to do this. Yeah. Please let me do this. Then obviously, you still need to prove that you're capable of doing yeah. it. But I think once you're there, um, you will always be considered. But it will always take that extra step of pushing for your right to basically do these speaking engagements. And that's where I think the whole leadership comes into play following that anyway. Yeah, so as completely. soon as people see you on stage, as soon as you were probably able to, you know, to, to have like a media piece that went online or something, people will start to approach you also for leadership roles. So I think it kind of always, it, it all adds on top of each other, but it always needs to come from both sides.
0: Yeah, no, I completely agree. I remember going to a uh, conference in uh, Frankfurt last year um, and I'd, I just walked in the room and it was um, it was just literally... 95% male led, um, just hardly any females in in the industry. Um, it was a, it was a data center conference, so slightly slightly different from software, um, but it was quite alarming um, but when I looked, and I was like, wow, you know, it's um, clearly very. It's it, sometimes in some sectors in technology um, where obviously a lot of this uh, SaaS is hosted. You know that side of the spectrum. Um, it's just very, very sort of male led, um, but, but it's great to see you are, you are right in customer success. I would actually say probably, um, the campaigns we need to be running is we need more male yes. <laughs> customer success leaders, um, because yeah, it's sort of the reverse. So, um, yeah, it's yeah. interesting. And, um, it leads on to sort of, I suppose, you know, re- re- retraining, retaining and attracting the right talent, um, you know what? What what have you seen? You know in 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 your career. You know from in terms of bringing people on board. You know what what have you seen sort of to be the most effect, effective methods to sort of a training and attack, attracting these people.
1: Yeah, um, I I think to get people on board. Probably two things. It it obviously helps if you've got an interesting company that people would like to work yeah. on. So, <laughs> I
0: yeah. think I think I've seen of that. The so that's well, a good thing.
1: Usually it doesn't. It almost doesn't matter what company you are. As soon as you can call yourself a startup and you're probably a little local, people would start. It w- it's just attractive for especially people young people coming from university. They they want to have that in in their CV and they're just interested in that vibe. I guess. Um and then you know when when you work for a company and Miro certainly is one of them that people actually long to work for because it's it's an interesting company we we've, we've built a certain name within the industry um, that's also where it becomes much easier that's probably the one thing that helps the other thing that is i believe truly important is you need to be proactive and yeah. you either need to have a really good recruiting company that you partner with yeah or either well or end. yes you need to also go out as the leadership person who is hiring yeah and basically do your own sourcing and start to reach out to people and and I think from my personal perspective if you if you decide to reach out to people I think it needs to be personal and it yes. needs to become clear that it is a personal message I I get too many of these or I have always gotten too many of these messages that are like You know, you can just tell that they have been sent to a hundred other people. That person certainly did not look at my CV or my LinkedIn profile at all. Yeah, And that's where I usually don't even answer back. So I think it needs to be personal and, and very specific. And that usually, I think, especially when the leadership person jumps in themselves helps a lot just gain traction. But I mean, as, as you probably also know, I have had really, really good relationships with recruiters in the past that just helped so much, especially in my current role where, you know, we, I mean, we were in hyper growth and we just needed so many people and especially the German speaking market is so hard to recruit. Uh, and I just had someone by my side who I knew that I could rely on a hundred percent, whoever she would get for me, yeah. I knew it would be a great candidate and, and I always knew it would be time well spent. So I think that proactive aspect to me really is the important
0: piece. Yeah, I completely agree. And I think um, based on that, I mean, you know, I, I'm in this wonderful world of talent. And, um, you know, I, I think the key, the key thing is, is that there is so much automation going on. Um, and there's, there's lots of tools that um, companies are buying to sort of reach out in sort of mass volumes. Um, but, but like you just mentioned, Um, these tools are easily detected by the human eye (laughs) Um, and um, it it doesn't really attract the the right type of people. Um, And I think it is so important to have that uh, personal element to to the conversation. Um, So when you are engaging with with people, um, you're building, you know, that long-lasting partnership, which is what people are looking for, especially as as, as I've certainly seen um, in, in, in Germany, because um, I also helped a, a startup, Google-based um, software business, um, set up their first operation um, in Germany. And I remember it was really, really challenging um, to attract the, the right people um, that, that, that wanted to move um, because this was a UK-based company. First person on the ground in Germany to set that enterprise up, Um, and there's obviously lots of risks that um, can happen with those types of businesses. Um, How have you found? I mean, you you were the, if I'm right, you were the first person on the ground, um, or
1: not? Not quite. Not quite. The 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 German office was already here for about twelve months before I joined, but
0: still new, still very new. And how have you found it sort of um, growing your team um, outside of the U.S. um, in Germany?
1: Yeah, I mean, it's since I've always been working for American based SaaS companies, you always have the same pains. So it is it is very often making visible and making clear that not everything works the way that it does in the U.S., Yeah, which after you've done it five times, you kind of think. Do I really need to do it again? But you do need to yeah. do it again, um, and and I think you just need to be aware of that. And and I think you need to give people the chance to learn about the local market and the local specifics. Uh, you do need to be very vocal about it, and you should not give up if if they don't understand. You know, after you've you've tried once or twice um, to to explain it. Um, and, and I think that's the most important piece. And, and it comes back to recruiting. It definitely comes back to things like marketing, for example. Yeah. It comes down to, to local language requirements that are just not as exactly clear and that are just a little harder here. So you need to be very open in sharing those problems. But then obviously, as always, also come up with a solution. I think with, with the current setup, it helps that we actually have a very big hub in Amsterdam yeah. where, you know, it, and it's not even the UK, it's 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 Amsterdam. Um, it is even sort of closer to this business here uh, where it's just much easier to get across these specifics. We also have a lot of the product team based in Europe. Um, so that makes it a little easier because it's just not as long as it would be to translate everything to the US. So I will say that for the current setup, it has probably never been as easy to get what we need as a local market. I think in general, however, it is still very much about keep the communication close, make sure that you make very visible the challenges that you have on the ground and what you need in, over to, in order to overcome them. And if, if if the company cannot provide it, you also obviously need to show the risk that comes with it. And, and especially, I think the biggest risk usually comes with the added hours that people have to put in where, you know, again, I remember going back to the early days of, cust- of me being a customer success manager, I needed to uh, look at um, English-German translations for marketing material. Uh, and that takes hours. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's not, it's not easily done. Certainly, by the way, something that AI will help as well yes. a lot with. I wasn't, I wasn't <laughs> um, around so, then. <laughs>
0: yeah. <laughs>
1: yeah, exactly. <laughs> So you need you need to put in a lot of extra time to make up for the things that are not there automatically. And again, that is something. It's fine if the company needs if the company does that makes that decision, but they need to understand what it means in terms of risk. On the other hand, as yeah, well.
0: yeah, com- com- completely. Um, no, that's that's really interesting. And I suppose um, do you guys run calendar year? Is it Jan to end of December the the company or? Are you come into the We're we're
1: slightly yeah, yeah, on. we're we're the same. and
0: how how's this year been for 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 you um and, and, and the business? Um how's twenty twenty three been?
1: Yeah, I think um it, it's actually been a very successful year. Um so it it continues to be I mean we have started in two thousand eleven as as a what Saw you that. said before, yeah, a yeah. whiteboard solution. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, we have very much um, developed over these twelve years that it's now been to a company that basically provides um, multi-product solution and and helps really teams to build the next big thing. That that is that is what we're all about, with you know different integrations and as you said already before, with um, different teams that come together on the Miro platform to build to innovate and to build that next big thing. So we have really, um, you know, built a different type of companies over the course of the years as well, and really trying to continue to be on the edge of innovation. And, and I think the success that we have seen up until now, um, where it's not only about COVID, it's not only about a whiteboard, but really about innovating yes. and helping companies come up with, with new product and going to market faster that is still very much top of mind and that is what what keeps this company growing. It keeps us... Successful.
0: Yeah, and it's definitely growth because I think it was last January it was about $400 million, wasn't there, of investment, which is which is incredible. So it just shows you that you, you guys are, you know, are onto something special. Um, yeah. And uh, right. yeah, no, it, it, it's really great. So obviously just wrapping it up, it's obviously been great to, to have you on the podcast and I think the, the customer success community will love hearing this um, episode um If you was uh, to leave customer success tomorrow, which look I know you're not,
1: <laughs> so don't be alarmed
0: anyone listening, but how would you like to be remembered as a leader in customer success and what what advice would you give people starting out in in customer success
1: I love that question um, i I think I'd take it back to the start where when i talked about customer success being part of a sales organization that it's very much about consulting clients how they can realize value uh, with the solution that that you're providing and i think that always is front and center to me i think customer success is can be so many different things depending on the company that you're working in it sometimes is like a premium support function sometimes it's more of an expansion sales function for me, and that's that's what I try to push, um, and I'm thankful that to have found a company that that is very much in line with that. It is still the understanding your your customers' business, understanding what is important to them now, what pain they're trying to solve, and what gain they're trying to achieve. Plug your solution onto that um, yeah. solving piece. Talk to the right people that are interested in it, in it, and then just make it very visible that you can really help them solve the challenges that they have. And then I think, uh, you will have hopefully a customer for, for a lifetime yeah. and and that to me is, is the most important piece about customer success.
0: No, no, that's, that's, that's absolutely brilliant. And again, thank you so much for coming on board and, um, yeah, I'm sure the community is going to love hearing this episode and hopefully yes. the, thank uh, you very much no, no, it's a pleasure and hopefully the snow, um, calms down or or blows away but it is good because i'm not going to complain because in london we've got no no snow and it's um certainly you know not as cold as uh, munich so there's pros and cons But thank you
1: it's good i'll I'll actually be there next week so i will i will brilliant
0: yeah no you'll love it i'm sure (laughs) thanks so much speak to you soon thank
1: you blaine